Welcome to another episode of Life After Life with me, Sandy Byrne. And in today's episode, I have joining me from London, England, and Theato. Am I pronouncing your name right, Anne? That's very good, actually, Sandy, because it's not easy to pronounce. It's Anne Theato, but very well done so far. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, Anne, I was actually a guest on Anne's podcast. She has her own psychic podcast as well, which I will link in the description box attached. And um, so I have asked her to come back onto mine because I love hearing people's stories. People may have gathered that from previous episodes because I always start by asking people about their background. And Anne also comes from Tipperary. It is Tipperary you're originally from, Anne, isn't it? Yeah, my mother is from Tipperary. She's from Nina, so... Yeah. Ah, okay. Shane McGowan country, which is very topical That's right. <laughs> That's right. I did watch that whole funeral unfold on the television. I was mesmerised. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was something different. But as I was saying to my husband, I was saying it was lovely. But like when I, you know, when I'm organising funerals for family members and I'm asking, can we sing this song? They're like, no, because it's not a hymn. And then you have Shane McGowan's funeral and they've got all kinds of rock stars in singing, whatever. So um, uh, you've, it really depends on the parish priest, doesn't it? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And how much autonomy we have as individuals to to allow an expression of that person to to unfold. It just depends, doesn't it? So I imagine it's probably a little bit more difficult in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Well, generally, but they they seem to have had a, um, a fairly good priest anyway for the funeral. Yeah. OK, so let's talk about you. OK, so can we start by asking if it's not too personal about your background? OK, did you you know, what did you work at before? Did you always have a connection to spirit? How did it happen for you? Because sorry, now and I will let you talk, I promise. But it's it's just it's so nice for people to hear that, you know, you and I, that we haven't been just, you know, working as psychic mediums all our lives, that we did have a life before this. Yes, that's right. And it's really important because that life before being a psychic or a medium, it, it helps the gift unfold, I think. Yeah. So interesting things I have not revealed about myself yet on other interviews um, are that I was once upon a time a motorcycle courier in London for three years. Yeah, I wow. used to. It was my favourite job ever. And I used to drive around London. I got to know it very, very well. Uh, delivering parcels to various different companies from one part of London to the other part of London. I did it for three years and then I stopped because I just couldn't face another winter in the cold and the rain on the motorbike. Um, but I've done other jobs. I've been a singing Victorian flower girl, Sandy, in wow. Covent Garden Market selling poses of flowers to tourists. I've worked in bars and restaurants. A lot of my jobs were working as a personal assistant. So I've done a lot of administrative work as well, which is what I trained in. See, when I left school, I wanted to be an actor. That was where I wanted to head, but my mother wouldn't let me. She was very strict and um, still is actually <laughs> the age of 90. <laughs> Irish mothers can be, I'm sure you understand. Yes. And, um, and um, 
Yeah, so I left school and I went to secretarial college. That's that's what I was, it was suggested to me. It's not something I wanted to do at all, but that's what I went and did. And I went to be a medical secretary to support teams of doctors, dentists, etc., etc. And I actually really enjoyed that work uh, for a while. And then I, I left to become an actress and a motorcycle courier and a voice artist. <laughs> <laughs> and I set up my own theatre company and my own charity, teaching drama to children. And uh, eventually moved into, after having children, I moved into the work of being a psychic and a medium. That's That was the sort of wow. journey. Yeah. Mm. So, but. I haven't, you know, in terms of where this gift came from and, and how that unfolded, Sandy, as a child, I, looking back, didn't really think anything of it. But as a child, I had experiences of seeing uh, seeing spirit people on the streets outside. That's not necessarily in the house or anything as a child. But I also had a very, very strong psychic knowing and I couldn't really understand what that was I just accepted it I would know who I might see on the way to school that day I would know who would what the score would be in a football match things like that little small things mm -hmm. but it, it sort of registered that I, I've got this kind of strange thing I can do and of course I didn't dare talk about it because I was brought up in a family with four brothers and you just get punched if you said anything out of the ordinary so <laughs> I didn't yeah. say anything at all <laughs> and of course it was a very strict Catholic family and it wasn't really a topic of conversation or you you just it was in the days where my mother would take the wooden spoon out and clatter you around the back of the legs if you really? dared to, oh yes 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 yeah. we so so we'd be kind of no I wasn't scared of scared of her I didn't have a, a of childhood of you know fear and trepidation but I certainly respected the wooden spoon <laughs> so 100% yeah all my mother had to do was put her hand anywhere near the drawer and you would have won <laughs> absolutely run yeah exactly yeah so tell me because that's that's really interesting that um you kind of moved towards it after becoming a mother do do you feel that your um intuition maybe grew after that mm, that's such a good question isn't it Yes, I think it did. In fairness, mm. I think it did. I think it was always growing because I bought my first packet of tarot cards at the age of 17. So I was doing psychic readings for everybody since the age of 17. Friends, family, anyone who would sit down. I was fascinated by it uh, and the results that, that came alongside it. So I've always been doing psychic readings. And then, um, and then what happened? Yeah, I started to see spirit people, started to see spirit people. And then my children were born and then it really kicked off, actually. When my son was three or four, then I started seeing spirit people in the house. Now, when I say I started seeing spirit people, Sandy, I think for everyone listening, I think it's really important to know I'm not seeing a whole outline of a whole person suddenly manifest in the space. That's not what it was. It was seeing the shadow of a hand go past my face or somebody's legs just walking out of sight. And I'm like, is that my, because I wear glasses. Not today. I've got my contact lenses in. But, you know, if you wear glasses, there's a slight displacement out of the side of your glasses. And you're Absolutely. wondering whether, you, whether that's just a shadow or the way the light's changed. Uh, but it became obvious that that was not it uh, when my children started seeing them as well 
<laughs> so yeah. uh, then I got a little nervous, Sandy. So I was like, what is this? And why is this happening in this house? Because as a mum, you will understand and parents who are listening or even people who aren't parents who just have a huge love and protection for children, you want to nurture them, you want to look out for them. All of your being cries out to keep them safe. And so when unusual things start to happen, you need to take some steps to find out what that is. And, uh, yeah, that's the position I found myself in. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I do think that there is a catalyst sometimes. You know, a lot of people would say, you know, I always felt spirit or, you know, I had this intuition about what was going to happen. But I, I always feel and, you know, I, you know, I've been over to the Arthur Findlay College in London several times. And, you know, you meet a lot of spiritual people there, obviously. And, you know, in talking to a lot of people, there was something that brought people back to it. Okay, back to maybe, you know, a stronger sense of it or looking into it. Now, maybe it's a time thing, and especially with Irish people, because, you know, we had the Catholic thing going on and you didn't talk about seeing dead people and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, um, for me, and I do numerology as well. And when I looked at my numerology, um, it's, it actually said that, you know, I wouldn't work with my gifts or abilities until I was, you know, in my 30s and I would have to change my name. And it was after I got married and changed my name from Ryan to Byrne that everything started to happen. It just made it, it wasn't that I wasn't able to before, but I don't know. I think it gave it that edge that I was able to do it for other people. And you know, you as a psychic medium and you teach it, which I wanna talk about as well, but isn't that an important distinction to make that everybody has the ability to communicate with spirit, not everybody has the empathy to do it for other people. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. I definitely think I, I keep changing my mind about this a little bit as well, because I was used to think to myself, look, we all speak the language of the soul because we're all eternal soul beings. Therefore, how can we not communicate with the spirit world? How can any living human being not be able to communicate with the spirit world when they're already spirit incarnate? Sure. So that was my thing for a while. But recently, um, and then I used to get annoyed with the phrase, everybody's, I can't remember what it is now, everyone is psychic, but not everyone is immediate. Oh, I don't yeah. know what that silly phrase is, but it used to drive me insane just thinking it was just didn't make sense. However, as I'm evolving, because we're always evolving with our mediumship, I'm now wondering, is everybody mediumistic i'm not sure that they are i think everybody it, to a certain extent has a huge sensitivity um but whether or not you're it's wise for you to go into mediumship it may not be if you're of a certain um mental state if things are t too difficult for you in the living world it might not be quite the right thing for you you shouldn't do it maybe um some people have got a natural talent for it, Sandy. Some people that I meet are just like, you just sit there going, how on earth do you have this amazing talent? It's astonishing. Um, so, yeah, it just depends. I think I'm going off track with your question, though. <laughs> You're absolutely fine. Um, now, I was asking oh. about, you know, can everybody read for other people? And I totally get what you're saying um, about not everybody maybe being a medium. But... 
I don't know. And it's something that I ask. I hadn't done any live events in the last four years. And I did one there not so long ago. And, you know, I always ask the audience, has anybody ever, you know, smelled their grandmother's perfume or their grandfather's pipe or, you know, heard footsteps on the stairs, you know, this kind of thing. And it turns out that the majority of people have. So the connection or the ability is there, whether or not they choose to develop it. Now, that's just in my own experience. You know, would you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely, definitely would agree with that because all kinds of people from all kinds of walks of life with levels of belief have experienced paranormal activity that they can't explain. We can explain it because we've had the training and we understand what it is. I've certainly been, I remember very distinctly being in America, I was working over there, and I was just around to dinner at a lady's house and then suddenly the whole room filled with the smell of tobacco strong tobacco and everyone smelled it not just me because I've got the psychic ability uh to, to smell it you know um gustingly um but everybody experienced that in the space and I found that really beautiful so yes I think everybody can um, but of course, we're all talented to different degrees. And you you might be like me. I wasn't a naturally born medium. I had to work. I had to develop it. I had to train. I've had to really, really practice and practice and practice and practice to get my skills up. So it just depends. Some people don't, don't be... Um, Put off is what I want to say to you. If you've got a few little twinkles of things going on, but you're wondering if you've got the ability, yes, go and explore it and see. Go and get some training and see how far you can take it. Uh, because I it's totally definitely agree. something you can develop, isn't it? Mm. Oh, 100%. And I suppose I would be the other spectrum for, from that. And I do think that I'm very lucky because I come from a family of readers. So, you know, while I wouldn't say it was encouraged, do you see this, do you see that? When I did talk about seeing stuff as a child, it was always welcomed and it was, you know, treated like normal, yes. you know, because, you know, everybody knew what I was experiencing. But I do know that not everybody has had that same background. So, yeah. yes, I, 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 I totally get it that they have to work. I'm just too lazy to work. For it. <laughs> I'll be honest, yeah. I'm, a la I'm a lazy, lazy person. But, you know, you do teach mediumship a lot, you know, and you help people get started, you know, with their mediumship journey. So generally, when people get in contact with you, what like what's their question? Do they say, I think I see spirit or I'd like to become a medium or, you know, what's the approach? Like who comes to you? In general, Sandy, most people have had a few little things happen and they want to explore what that is. People don't understand initially what is the difference between being a psychic and being a medium. They don't understand why you need to develop both of those faculties. And so the classes that I teach will will educate people so they will understand what their psychic sense is and how they can use it and they will understand what mediumship is and how they can use and develop that mediumistic faculty as well. People come for all kinds of different reasons. Some people come because 
they've lost a loved one and they want to understand how to communicate with that person themselves without having to constantly go to a medium. Some people come because they've just got a little interest in it. Some people come because they've got a huge ego and they want to be the television medium and all. They want to give those messages. Um, uh, those people don't tend to stick around very long because they don't understand this is a long process. You don't learn it overnight. So, um, yeah, so, but most people have just got this beautiful uh, line of inquiry and I really like to encourage people to, um, to to try out various different exercises Sandy you know and to see people get instant success and instant results and be amazed by it is just such a beautiful thing to experience so yeah all kinds of different people really yeah it is and it's such a lovely um feeding when someone surprises themselves you know when yeah. you're practicing on somebody else or whatever and then someone says to them that's right they're like oh I did it I could do this you know and yeah it, just, it like it opens the floodgates then doesn't it then they start yeah. experiencing things all over the place and I did meet a guy once actually when I was on a course in London and um you know he said you know at the end of the week he stood up in front of everybody and he said look I have to be honest he said, I came here because I, I needed a job and I wanted to earn money. And it was my perception that, you know, mediums earn a lot of money. He said, but having spent the uh -huh. week here, <laughs> having spent the week here with you, he, he says, I actually, I'm a true believer now, he said, and I would be looking into this more, you know. So it's lovely to actually bring people, you know, to their understanding. You know, a lot of people yeah. see it as a a grift and I'm sure you get accused of you know taking advantage of vulnerable vulnerable people and all that you know there's a lot of people that are skeptical and vocally skeptical rather than just letting us do what we do best so um yeah I totally totally get that and there's very few and there's no difference between the medium on the telly and the medium that just works at home or online or whatever it is, you know, it's just that somebody got lucky, they were in the right place at the right time. You can get very, very good mediums who haven't been on the television. And I actually think it was Tony Stockwell that said that to me once, you know, yeah. it was just yeah. being lucky in the right place at the right time, he got on television. You know, yeah. there are other very good mediums. And you work a lot with Tony, don't you? You teach in his soul space. <laughs> Yes, that's right. I do work um, alongside Tony. Well, not alongside him necessarily. I've been helping him with his administration for a great many years now, at least eight years. And um, But also I do teach alongside him from time to time when invited to do so. So um, and that's always a, an absolute privilege to be able to work alongside somebody so talented and gifted. And yeah, the classes are always magical when uh, when you teach with Tony. So yeah yeah I did some courses with Tony as well in the past and you know he's got a way of teaching and explaining things that just makes sense to me so you know I really um I I, I love listening to him talk um about the whole spirit thing um so I suppose from if we go back to your story because we keep getting that well I keep going off on tangents anyway if we go back to your story so I get that you were um, you know, experiencing more after becoming a parent. But this was something, you know, that you had an inkling of anyway, you know, even in your early life. But um, so what did you do about it? You know, you had young kids, you were doing admin work, you know, like, what did you do about these feelings? Where did you go? Who did you speak to? Yeah, well, it was a very difficult time, Sandy, I have to say, I was a single parent, 
with two children from two different fathers. Both fathers had disappeared. Both sets of families behind those fathers had disappeared. My own family had disowned me because I had two children outside of marriage. <laughs> and, um, and um, yeah, it was a very, very hard, hard... And I was on my own in London, and... Um, nobody, there, there was no support, there was no community to leave the children with, there was nothing. I remember once even having to go with my daughter who was sick, she's only a little baby, about three years old, and I had to get my son out of bed as well and take them both wrapped in blankets to the pharmacy to get some medicine. For, you know, it was mad, mad times, really mad times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really hard. So... It's interesting. It's one of the reasons that I've set up my own podcast, actually, was because of what happened to me with those experiences. So I couldn't. It, all of this was going on, the psychic experiences, the spirit people in the house. Um, but I couldn't get to a class because, A, I had absolutely no money whatsoever. And B, I had uh, no way of getting away from the children, uh, nobody to look after them or take them. Um, and even if I could go to a class, I couldn't have been able to afford even the train fare or the bus fare to get there. So, and there was no internet. You must understand, I know it sounds almost impossible to believe, but there was no, no internet. internet. There was yeah. Yeah, there was no classes online. There was no podcasts. There was nothing to listen to. The only way you could learn is get a book, which I couldn't afford, or go to a library. So I did borrow some books from the wonderful College of Psychic Studies in London. I joined as a member and then I could borrow their library books, which was fabulous. So that was one of the ways I started to learn. And then eventually... Um, well, it's all very interesting. I must have got out once, right? I must have gone out once um, with a friend to a pub because something very extraordinary happened, Sandy. Yep. I was in, in London and we were just having a drink, as you do, and someone must have had the children at home, God knows who. And um, a gentleman came up to me and he said, hello. I said, hello. I thought, oh, here we go. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's going to chat me up and ask me if I want a drink, which I don't. And he said, can I just say something to you? I said, yes. Well, what is it? He said, you are a medium and you need to go and train. And I said, pardon? It was the most extraordinary thing. And I yeah. said, what do you mean? How, how do you know? He said, I can sense it in you. I'm the seventh son of a seventh son of a psychic, myself and a medium, and you need to go and train. Have you ever heard of Tony Stockwell? I said, never heard of him. He said, well, look him up uh, and go and train with him. So... And then he said, right, I've got to go now. Nice meeting you. Goodbye. And I, and I often think, I wonder if that was some sort of earth angel who came in to deliver that 100%. to me. Mm. Honestly, it was so extraordinary. Off he went with his friend. And then the next thing I know, I'm looking up Tony Stockwell. And I realize he's this very, very famous UK leading medium. Uh, and he has he does readings at the College of Psychic Studies. So I phoned up to try to get an appointment. He had a six-month waiting list. And I thought to myself, if Tony tells me I'm a psychic and a medium, then I'll believe him. But otherwise, I'm not going to believe some rando in a bar. So, um, so he had a six-month waiting list and they weren't taking any more people on the waiting list. So I just thought, oh, goodness, what shall I do now? So there was a open day at the College of Psychic Studies in Kensington in London. So I went to the open day. Uh, 
and there was a raffle going on and I couldn't afford any raffle tickets it sounds awful but this is my life and um I couldn't afford tickets so and this woman kept shaking a tin under my nose raffle tickets raffle tickets i'm like no no you're okay i never win a raffle anyway so i thought yeah. not wasting my pound and um she said right we're closing a raffle now what would you like a raffle ticket and i thought i can't say no it's embarrassing now so i said okay then thank you so i grabbed my little pound i hoped i'd put in the laundrette for my washing when i got home gave her the pound and um yeah i won a prize the, all the prizes had gone. There was one left on the table. What was it? A private reading with Tony Stockwell. <gasps> wow. That's amazing. Yep. It's incredible. So I go to this reading with Tony Stockwell. He gives me a fabulous reading. I didn't actually have anyone in the spirit world at the time. And he gave me a psychic reading about things that were going on with my children, with two different fathers and this and that and the other and blah, blah, blah. He said, I see you here in this college. This was 24 four years ago Sandy I see you here in this college he said I don't know how but I see you within this building within and of course now I am a teacher at the College of Psychic Studies myself um, and I'm also Tony Stockwell's assistant I became his assistant somehow how did that happen that was by going to his classes and courses goodness knows how did I get there don't know something must have happened I used to go for weekends that's it he, he had a centre in Billericay, which wasn't so far from me. And um, I was doing voiceover work. That's right. I managed to get a little bit of voiceover work, which paid very, very well, Sandy. And then wow. because of that, I had a little bit of extra money. And then I could invest in my training. So I used to go for a weekend to Tony. I'd drive up on a Saturday, come back to London, drive up on a Sunday, come back to London. And uh, yeah, it was great. And that's how I started to train. And he noticed that I was somebody who took an awful lot of notes. Um, and then he asked me to note some things down and write him a handout and do a couple of things. And then it sort of just evolved into me helping him on a more permanent basis. Yeah, so fabulous story. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And like just the one pound lottery or raffle ticket, you know. Yeah. Oh my God, pity it wasn't a 25 million euro lottery ticket. But anyway, there you go. <laughs> that would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you this now. And um, it's just, you know, from the Irish point of view, because we don't really, you know, put much emphasis on certifications over here. Yes. But it's a huge thing in the UK, isn't it? You know, yes. this, this different CSNUs or I don't know what they are. But it yes. seems to be very important. And I, I know that you have some and, you know, obviously I'm not saying it's not worth anything, but I'm just wondering, you know, for you, what would be the difference if someone was booking a medium, if they have this certification or if they don't have this certification? Yeah, again, a wonderful question, Sandy. When I first started out, I didn't see any point in getting a qualification. I was on the understanding that you can either, you know, go and do your training privately and in these open classes, anybody can go um, and learn how to be a medium. You absolutely do not need any accreditation. And that is a fact. However, I started to suddenly think, well, hang on a minute, what is this? And there's nowhere that you can go to that will qualify you it's the only place the spiritualists national union shortened to snu um that's the only place you can go to get recognized training and qualifications now i set my 
mind for some reason don't ask me why but just seems to be what I set my mind on being a tutor at the Arthur Finley College one day so in order to get there you have to have certain amounts of training so that was one reason for entering the SNU accreditation scheme but my second reason was um, and more importantly really was I don't know or didn't at the time know what the Spiritualists National Union stood for. I didn't know what these qualifications were or what I was going to learn. But what I've discovered is by doing this training, I've learned about pioneers of mediumship, men and women who were mediums back in the 1800s, 1700s, uh, 1900s. and onwards. I've learned about their lives and what they went through and who they were and why we all stand upon their shoulders now. And I learned about the structure of the Spiritualist National Union, who they are. They're this religious organization. Um, and basically, through the training, they've taught me about mediumship, how to use it, how to use the psychic mind, how to be very clear that spiritualism or when you're when you're demonstrating mediumship in a spiritualist church belonging to the spiritualist national union you must simply stand up there and deliver your demonstration of mediumship without the use of tarot cards tools um, flowers anything like this even though we both know, Sandy, that you can most definitely use a tarot card to blend into the character within the tarot card and feel who is with you in the spirit world. You can certainly communicate with spirit like that. You can certainly communicate with spirit by working with a flower, with um, looking at the flower, feeling into the energy and the essence of the flower, and then bringing forward a lady who comes to mind who feels very like the the flower um the maybe the spikes on the flower oh she's got a very spiky personality this who am i with you can move into your mediumship that way however with the spiritualist national union they want to be very clear that you don't need to have um any sort of uh prop or gimmick or item mediumship is very straightforward and it basically what they're trying to do is show that there is no fraudulent that there's no fraud involved it's purely mental mediumship and this is what it is so you don't need any of those things so i would not have learned any of this stuff had i not gone down this route of training i've done now um the s oh they've got all funny little names sd2 and S, sd4 and sd3 uh, I don't even know what it stands for. Um, the PAS, I know what that stands for, Platform Accreditation Scheme. And what that was, okay. Sandy, was you had to do 25 demonstrations of mediumship physically in a spiritualist church to demonstrate your, you have to be able to give an inspirational address. They would teach you how to use your mediumship inspirationally so that spirit move close to you with that beautiful blend with the spirit world that you might be inspired to speak words of guidance and um, inspiration to your uh, audience Um, so things like that I would never have been able to develop as much as I have done so now I've got my certificate of the Spiritualist National Union which is a very highly um, acclaimed accredited qualification Um, and now I've got my CSNUT and 
I'm now working towards my diploma, so I will be a DSNU. So um, that is something like 80,000 words that you have to write. And then, be, and then you have to demonstrate your mediumship is at a level when you demonstrate that you can really get the evidence names and detail and detail and detail, whereas maybe your CSNU is perhaps a little level below that. So, yeah, it's intense. It's so intense. I can't tell you. It's intense. And like <laughs> you, I suppose I've always felt, you know, what's the point, you know, uh, for me? And it's probably something that I will never do. Um, and only because, not that it's not worthwhile. I mean, obviously, it's it's very intensive and you learn so much from it. But I suppose I've always felt that I've learned mediumship from my grandmother. Yes. And, you know, that, you know, because th there are some like little rules and stuff, you know, that you have to follow when you're doing certain things with the spiritualist union, you know. Um, um, there was one, I was on a course one time and we were doing um, seances and you could only do them, you know, in the light and they wouldn't let you do them in the dark and, you know, things like, like, like this. So, you know, for some people, it would be absolutely worth it. For some people, they won't necessarily, you know, feel the benefit of it. I think it's a very personal decision. But isn't it great to have the resources because you know what it's like in Ireland. There are no resources. There's no churches or, you know, spiritual yeah. unions or anything like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, for me, it's really helped my general knowledge about mediumship and psychic development. And that has fed into my teaching. So yeah. that's been, a for me, a real benefit. And also it, they go through ethics and UK law and things like that. So we have to obviously yeah. govern UK law. So yeah. all kinds of things like that. And But you're absolutely right, Sandy. It's a choice. Yes. It's available for those who want it. But for those who don't, it's just as valid, equally so, to not have a single qualification and to um, use your natural gifts in the way that they unfold for you. Um, so, yeah, either camp, it doesn't matter, whatever you feel you want to do. A hundred percent. And, you know, I love that you said, you know, you set yourself a goal. You want to teach at the Arthur Findlay College, you know, but you still teach. You teach, you know, is, is your class school called class? Did I see that? Yes, uh, uh, that's right. The Centre for Learning and Spiritual Studies or something. Centre for Learning and Spiritual Studies. Yeah, that's it. Antiotis class. <laughs> it's just like, oh, come to class. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, so I teach all kinds of different things. I'm starting up a development circle, if anybody's interested, in January to learn the difference between psychic and mediumship and put them both together. And my development circle is always so much fun. I always like to put really, really fun exercises in there and nothing too heavy and deep <laughs> so yeah. um so that starts in january and it's an eight-week course every single friday so if anybody's interested in that do do come along but i teach all kinds of different topics sandy i teach remote viewing i teach um psychometry i teach all kinds of different stuff all kinds of and is that in things. person or online everything's online everything is online although i have i have i have got a couple of courses booked excuse me, a couple of one-day workshops booked with the College of Psychic Studies next year, one of which is interestingly called Unleash Your Mediumship. And I've created that course specifically because I've gone down the SNU route and your mediumship has to be a certain way for 
the um, accreditation. But I also feel there's lots of room to play with your mediumship. So uh, that is a specific course that's nothing to do with the SNU or anything like that. It's just for us to really explore being with the spirit world, experiencing these the different clear senses, your taste, your smell, your sight, your clear knowing, your clear feeling. Um, yeah, so uh, so there's a couple That's of in-person person. ones, but you, you'd have to be in London for that, though, guys. That's the only yeah. thing. But otherwise, yeah. I'm teaching online with the College of Psychic Studies as well. So, And there's going to be a whole series of different classes coming out. I'm teaching, releasing this year, some downloadable classes so people can learn in their own time. Um, so there's going to be... I've actually got a class which I've written, which is so... I'm blowing my own trumpet here a little bit, but it's brilliant. It's called The Royal Court. Sandy, when I first started reading the tarot cards, I didn't understand the court cards. I just didn't know what the king or the queen or the knight or the page stood for. So much so, I took them out of my tarot pack and put them in the drawer. Didn't even read with them, couldn't cope with them. So again, for that reason, I've created this whole course about the royal court, who they are, what their jobs are, what does a knight do? What is a king? What is a queen? What do they stand for? And it goes into the history of medieval um, royalty, I suppose, and gives you a sort of foundation to as a springboard for your readings when you come to use them in the tarot. So that's coming out next year. Um, but yeah, and I should probably do something like that because I have no idea what the tarot cards mean. You know, the the ones, the pentacles, any of those. I just read them intuitively. I've never even read a book on tarot. Yes. You yeah. know, so and that's okay too. You know, of it, course, that's absolutely fine too. But yeah, I should really do a course like that where I actually learn what they mean. I'd probably get more from it. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder because it's just so valid because that. It's interesting you say that, Sandy. When I started with the tarot, I had the manual. We've all, we're all cemented to the tarot manual. Oh, what does it mean? Oh, what does yeah. it mean? And it comes up in a reading and you're looking it up. I mean, it's a silly way to read. But now I don't need the tarot cards at all. I just tune into somebody's energy intuitively. But if I do use a tarot card, kind of not really looking at the meaning of it like you read you're looking at the colors and the shapes and the way it makes you feel them what direction is this person in the tarot standing what are they looking at what's behind them where have they just come from what are the feelings that they carry with them where they're feeling in this moment what are they looking towards doing in the future so it's that intuitive way of reading which is beautiful and much freer it's a freer way of reading than learning the tarot so yeah absolutely i, again, I don't have the patience for learning um, yeah. But I, you know, I, I love that, that, you know, you just validate that because I was starting to think, oh, God, maybe I'm not, I'm, <laughs> maybe I'm not good at all. But um, no, it is it is great. And, you know, and, and people should, you know, um, I always say to people and, you know, y- you can tell me what you think on this. You know, when they ring me up and they say, are you any good? <laughs> you know, I say you should look at all readers and you yeah. should see who you feel drawn to. Yes. You know, yes, there can be testimonials online or whatever, but you have to look at someone's and thankfully we have the Internet now. You should look at someone's YouTube, Facebook, you know, website, whatever, and see who you feel particularly drawn to. Would yeah. you agree with yeah. that? I totally, totally agree with that. Most definitely. Yeah. Um, it's, there's lots of mediums out there. There's lots of psychics out there and it 
I suppose it could be quite overwhelming for someone when they're trying to choose who they want to have a reading with because you've only got money you can only spend it once you want to spend yeah. it with the right person so that's the best way to decide read their testimonies and their testimonials and things and their reviews and see how it sits with you and really feel the best way to do it is feel into your solar plexus just below your belly button almost does that make you feel happy when you look at that person's photograph and think about sitting in front of them for a reading or does it make you feel a little bit uncomfortable but you don't know why in which case move on have a look for somebody else that's yeah. that's it's got to make you feel really good when you sit with that person but i think it's important to understand as well you might have with the best will in the world done all your research to sit in front of your psychic or your medium but it's only going to be what it's going to be in that moment it will depend on the energy between you and your psychic or your medium is going to depend on your mood, what you bring as the sitter to that or as the recipient to that meeting. It's going to depend on your openness, your relaxation uh, to be part of the reading as well and not sit there with your arms folded saying, come on, impress me. Because it's yeah. if you're not invested energetically in the process yourself it's yeah. much more difficult for the medium to work. So, and also I think you have to bear in mind when you go for a psychic reading, the first few things you might be told might be so insignificant. You're probably thinking, oh, this is a bit rubbish. Why are they telling me that? But it's just so that it can get into the energy of you, that they can feel into you. They state a few little things that are just, you know, oh, I feel like you're a little bit low today or have you got a pain in your shoulder or... Oh, I think you've just come from the supermarket. I see, and then you're probably thinking, and get to the nitty gritty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just a way of beginning. Yeah. It's so. like when you ask about the weather at the beginning of a conversation, it's just an in, isn't it? It's, it's to get just you to in. relax. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, before I let you go, Anne, I wanted to just ask you a little bit about because you are working in the UK and you have something called the Witchcraft Act in the UK. And it's, it kind of governs. And one thing that um, that always stood out to me is because I use psychometry sometimes. I used to use it more, I guess, in in-person readings. But psychometry is where you can hold an object or a photograph or, you know, you take energy from a physical thing. But under the Witchcraft Act, you're not allowed to do that. You kind of have to hold it, but then put it down before you relay information to somebody. OK, so there is this Witchcraft Act. And I suppose my question was, how restrictive do you find it? Well, it's interesting. I've not heard of it being used in that way. I know the Witchcraft Act has been repeal replaced with the... Oh my goodness, I should know this. It should be on the tip of my tongue. That's um, fine. It's the, fraudulent, the Fraudulent Mediums Act, something like this. Ah, OK. Um, yeah, and so basically what that means is, um, oh my gosh, I'm being tested now, aren't I? I should no, know what all these all. things are. Um, but basically it just means you can't uh, provide goods. It's to prevent fraud and not to provide goods and services that are fraudulent in their means. Um, so so it, I don't find it restrictive in the slightest. The only thing in the UK that you have to state is that this reading by law, I have to state it's for entertainment purposes only. That's yeah. a legal requirement. Other than that, you can do whatever you want in your yeah. readings. Yeah. That's great that they're, they've updated it. 
you know, yeah. because um, it was kind of archaic and yeah, um, just that whole thought of having to remember to put down the item because in my early days of reading for people, I was so nervous, you know, so if they gave me something to hold, I literally, you know, held it so tightly for the whole of the reading because yes. I, it was like my, my lifeline to yes. this um, energy. Yes. But one thing that I do now, um, and maybe it's kind of the same thing. So sometimes if I find it hard to connect to a spirit and people won't see it because it's on screen, but I'll put my hand out beside me and I'll ask the spirit to hold my hand just so that I'm getting their energy. So it's kind of still the same thing, although it's not a physical item. But it's yeah, just that's psychometry, lovely. I guess, isn't it? Yeah, still yeah that's beautiful. That's such a lovely thing to do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so I'm sitting here holding hands with somebody's loved one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <into> that. <laughs> yeah that's really really nice it's so nice uh, psychometry is great i just wrote a paper about it today <laughs> Way. oh my goodness you see i wouldn't have the patience for writing papers at all uh, so yeah. I, I definitely leave that to um you and but thank you so much <laughs> thanks <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your story because you know as i said uh, um at the beginning you know it really People, I think, have this idea of us, you know, mediums that we've spent our whole lives, you know, reading spirit, reading for people or whatever. But, you know, we haven't. And, you know, we've had as do we want to call it normal lives, you know, before we started reading for people. Um, you know, so it's important that people understand this. And, you know, another thing and um, um um, another medium in the UK, I'm trying to think for a name, I'm so bad, I'm just so bad with names, TJ Higgs, God, she's amazing, but um, I remember her saying to me once, you know, um, that life experience is so much, that even, like, she used to watch a lot of soap operas when she was younger, and Spirit would use those references, you know, like, um, one time somebody had come to her for a reading and she could see that they had cancer because they were showing her a character from a soap opera who had cancer. And when you're saying to people that you're clairvoyant, they imagine, you know, that you see their loved one standing in front of them. It's not always that. It's, you know, it's just seeing something that gives you the reference point that you need. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It can be so beautiful. And I know TJ Higgs has got a lot. She had a difficult life earlier on. So she's probably got all of those references, the human condition to draw upon. And I did a, a demonstration mediumship recently. And I was had this lady's, I'm not sure, I can't remember the exact the details, but it was something like a lady in the spirit world. And she was showing me a butterfly had landed on the back of a hand because I was doing this with my hand. For those who are listening on the <laughs> audio and watching on YouTube, um, I'm basically touching my fingers of my right hand onto the back of my left hand here. So that's what she was doing in my mind's eye. So I was like, have you had a butterfly land on the back of your hand? And she said, she always sends me butterflies as a sign that she's around. I said, okay. I said, but this is something else. Has one landed on the back of your hand? And she said, no, no, it hasn't. And I said, well, she's doing this. She's doing this. Because the girl in the spirit world was deaf. She was a deaf girl. And oh. I have learned I have learned British Sign Language. And I said, let me see what this is. Because she's doing a sign. I said, oh, it's the sign for Christmas. This is what this is, the sign for Christmas. She passes at Christmas. Yes, she passed at Christmas. So that was beautiful wow. frame of reference that they could use from my sign language um, lessons from years ago. That was very useful in that moment. So, yeah, really beautiful. 
And that's amazing. And you know that the spirit knew that you had this knowledge of sign language. You know, yes. it's just it's all validation, isn't it? It's yes. just all validation. Because if um, yeah. if um, a spirit came to me with sign language, I wouldn't have a clue. So I yeah. think that's that's great. That's amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. And thank you so much for giving us your time today. I'm going to put the link to your website in the description box attached. You will find Anne's podcast, all the details of her courses, and I'm sure your upcoming courses uh, will be on there as well. And, you know, so if you're interested in doing any of those, please get in contact with Anne. And we'd love to have you back on the podcast again at some date in the future, um, because it's just so interesting chatting with you. Oh, Sandy, thank you so much. That's so great. And just one thing I wanted to just add sure. at the end is when I said earlier about that's the reason I started my podcast because there was no training and no internet years ago. Um, just my podcast is called Psychic Matters and I interview people like Tony Stockwell, uh, like Sandy Byrne, uh, experts from across the world to bring their guidance and their advice and their spiritual wealth to people who don't have those kind, that kind of education. So that's why I started it. So yeah. And listen, it's been wonderful talking to you, Sandy. Thank you so much for inviting me on uh, onto your fabulous, fabulous podcast as well. It's been brilliant. <laughs> An absolute pleasure. So guys, thank you for tuning in and I will see you in the next episode of Life After Life. So until then, take care and stay safe. Discussing everything about the afterlife and spirit world.